Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hey everyone, welcome to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino. How's everyone doing? I hope I hope you're doing well. I know this has been a rough week uh, with the Las Vegas shooting and everything that's been going on. I know a lot of people are having a tough a tough time this week. So hopefully we can have some laughs and talk about some nonsense and and some housewives and some bravo and all that good stuff. But before we do, I do just want to say that um I was actually in Las Vegas uh over the weekend and early this week uh, in the midst of all the chaos. I was meeting a friend, a girl named Katie who I've known mostly my entire life. Uh, she lives in Columbus. I live in California. And unfortunately, we don't get to see each other that much. It's been a couple years, I think, since we've actually spent a good amount of time together. And we were staying at the, uh, we were staying at the Planet Hollywood. We got a room there. And when I got in around, I think it was like six o'clock, I had gone to the concierge and I said, you know, what's going on here tonight? What can we see? What can we do? Uh, meeting an old friend, are there any shows, concerts? The concierge told me about um, the country concert uh, that was happening at Mandalay Bay, and I'm a huge country music fan, so of course my mind went there, and I thought, oh, that would be fun. But as this conversation was happening, my friend Katie, who was originally scheduled to get in later, she texted me and said her flight landed early. When her flight landed early, uh, we looked at the schedule and realized we'd be able to make it to the Magic Mike show in Las Vegas. So, of course, you know, me being my big gay self, I said, we got to go to Magic Mike. We got to see see Magic Mike. So we got to the last tickets to Magic Mike, which is a show on in uh, the Hard Rock Casino, which is off the strip. So Katie got in and we were super excited to see each other. We gave each other big hugs, and we rushed to get over to the Hard Rock Hotel to see the Magic Mike show. While we were in the show, my friend uh, my friend Brad's a police officer in Las Vegas, and his wife, Vicky, uh, she was texting me and, uh, while I was in the show, and she said, you know, just FYI, there's reports that there's this shooter on the strip right now. She said, be careful. And this was right uh, when the the police dispatch was sent out. And so there weren't really any details. And this was at towards the end of the, the Magic Mike show. So we had no idea what was going on. Katie and I got out of the Magic Mike show and all of a sudden we started to get alerts on our phone and texts. And we noticed people in the Hard Rock Casino starting to panic a little bit. We immediately went to the line to get a hotel room at the Hard Rock for the night. And we got one of the last rooms there. And right when we did, more news started breaking out that the strip was completely closed, that, you know, there was a shooter at Mandalay Bay. And, and at that time, they didn't know if, he, if, if there was one or if there were multiple shooters or if they were still on the loose. There were very few details at that time. We went to the 
gift shop and we were getting uh, toothbrushes and I was getting a contact case and we were getting some food and phone chargers because our phones were, were nearly dead. And we went straight up to the room and we followed the news and tried to tried our best to figure out what was going on. Um, in the casino before we went to the room, it was chaotic. People were scared and confused and worried. And there weren't any other hotel rooms left at the Hard Rock, so people were were scrambling to see if they could get to their hotels or if they could get a room somewhere or if their friends and family were okay. And when we went to bed that night, it was 20 people or at that point, uh, at that point were announced that dead. And then when we woke up uh, in the hotel room, we still didn't know exactly what was going on, if we were safe. And I mean, thank God, we were, and I'm. We were very, very fortunate. So we went down into the casino, and we we thought, okay, let's let's see if we could get back to Planet Hollywood, which was where our original room was. That's where all our stuff was. We took a cab ride, and some of the streets were still closed off. No one really knew exactly what was happening yet. I mean, we had a confirmation that they had that the main shooter was dead, but we didn't really know a whole lot else. And we got back to the uh, Planet Hollywood Hotel, and we tried to make the best of it. We went to the pool for the day, and we we had some food. We went to the spa, and throughout the entire day, what I noticed was that the workers, the, the servers, the hotel staff, the cab drivers, everyone was showing so much compassion. You know, if you watch the news and you see all this horrific stuff that is going on it's it's easy to just feel like completely defeated and it was a terrifying day and uh, that day after it was just a, a scary and sad and confusing but throughout it all there were still so many people in Las Vegas showing kindness and compassion and no one knew exactly who was involved in this directly who was either at that show that night or who had family or friends there, no one knew. And so everyone was being overly kind to one another. People were holding doors open for people. People were asking each other how they were. Uh, police officers were uh, all over the, the strip, the street, and everyone was walking up to them and saying, thank you. And people were making sure everyone else was okay before themselves. Right, so a lot of the staff, those people that work at the hotels and the bars and the restaurants, those are people that live in Las Vegas, and so those are the people that are probably going to be affected by this this event, and those are the people who had friends and family working that event and going to it, and yet they were the ones who were most compassionate. They were the ones who were showing the most kindness to the tourists and the strangers and the people there that were scared. And it just struck me as very sort of the light at the end of this tunnel and and, and throughout all this darkness, it's sort of the light that was shining through it all. You know, there's a lot of bad in this world, but there's also so much good stuff. There's so much empathy and people want other people to be happy. And sometimes it's buried deep, deep down, but everyone has that. And it breaks my heart. There, I was meeting an old friend to catch up and have a good time and 
and to forget about my worries and all that other stuff that's going on in my everyday life. And I wanted to go and, and have a good time. And all those people that were at that show just wanted to have a good time. They were people and, you know, having bachelorette parties and birthdays and celebrating anniversaries and people catching up with those old friends that they haven't seen for years. And so that just breaks my heart that those people had to go through that. And, you know, I hope that I pray for all those people that were affected at that concert and their friends and family. And I hope everyone just holds on to each other a little tighter. And if you have an old friend that you haven't caught up with in a while, please reach out to them, give them a call, meet them, meet them in Vegas for a, a fun time, meet them, meet them somewhere for a, a few laughs and to gossip and to spend too much money and to drink too many glasses of wine and, and have those moments because that's all we have. And I don't know, it's, it's horrific. And I, my heart goes out to all those people that were, were directly affected. And I was on the peripheral of it. You know, I wasn't, but I was close enough to see that this is all so fragile, all of this stuff. So make each other smile and have some compassion for people that you see on the street. Try to see how people are doing. Ask people if they're okay. Tell them, tell the people you love that you love them. Tell the people that you like that you like them. If you see someone on the street or in the grocery store, be nice, be kind. You don't know what people are going through. And if you just remember that you don't really know what's what's going on behind closed doors with people and and a lot of people might need that extra empathy and that extra compassion. I hope that everyone just uh, remembers that. And I, I'm sorry to get so serious, but I just, I felt like I, I really needed to talk about it. It was a weird trip. But I saw how strong Las Vegas is. My friend and I were on the strip that next night and people were still having fun. And this was not, this is, this certainly isn't going to ruin Vegas. Because people are stronger than that. The human spirit is stronger. And people are going to go and have fun. And people are going to go celebrate their bachelor parties and their bachelorette parties and their anniversaries and their birthdays and their old friends from home. They're going to celebrate those friendships and their family. And it's not going to stop Vegas from surviving and thriving. And gosh, that sounds so... I sound. I feel like I'm, I'm being too dramatic. I hope I'm not being too dramatic. But I just wanted to get this all off my chest. And let everyone know, I I was so thankful. So many people reached out to me, strangers, and I got phone calls and texts and Instagram messages, and people were just reaching out because uh, they had known that I was in Vegas, and I'm so fortunate to have been safe and all that stuff. But it was so nice that people were reaching out. And so I just would like to reach out to you all and say reach out to your friends and family. If you think about it right now, just text a friend. Text up your mom, your dad, your brother, sister. Tell them you love them. And try to go out and have those fun times. Try to go out and drink too many glasses of wine and gamble a little bit and and forget all of your worries when you can. Okay, 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 that's, okay, I'm, I'm done. That's my rant. I'm going to lighten the mood now, I promise. And before I talk about Housewives, I do want to talk about one other thing that is very important that is Vegas-related. It's a show that I like to call The Greatest Show on Earth. Publicly, you could buy tickets under the name Magic Mike Live. Now, Magic Mike Live 
It's a show at the Hard Rock, and it's a male strip review. But it's so much more than that, because normally when you think that, you think of like the Thunder from Down Under or the Chippendales, which I've also seen and are lovely. But those aren't really shows. Those are more just guys cheesily dancing, and there's no storyline, and there's very little buildup. Now, Magic Mike Live is sort of the alternative reality version of that kind of show. There's a little bit of a story, and the guys are hot. I was actually shocked at how hot the guys were. I mean, they hired some good-looking men. Beautiful hunks of man meat, and it made me hungry, it made me thirsty. I was thirsty as fuck watching these men because they were so beautiful. I mean, and, and diverse. They had white men, black men, uh, Latin men. I mean, you name it, they were in the show. There's a girl that sort of is the center of the story, and she was funny and cute, and she wasn't annoying. Do you remember in the Magic Mike movie, the first one, when they, the female lead, she was so annoying, right? Like, she was just, every time she was on screen, it was like, get her out of here. We just want to see the hot guys. And I didn't feel that way in the show, in the live show. It was like, the girl was fun. And she was just pointing all the eyes at these men. And the dances were all great dances. I mean, these men could dance. It wasn't just like those other shows where they're just kind of taking off their top and then standing there. I mean, this show, these were like dancers. So not only did they have great bodies, great faces, but they could they could dance their ass off. I mean, it was insane. There was one performance where it was in the rain. And it was one of the most sexual things I've ever seen. And the crowd was having a great time. I mean, it was people, women of all ages, a few men. I was one of a few men. But uh, side note, I saw Thunder from Down Under there a few years ago. And I was one of two men in the audience. So this was a little bit more balanced. There were a few more men there. There were even some like husbands, boyfriends and husbands who went with their girlfriends and wives, which I thought was very cute. Like that they would do that. And I think they had a good time too, because there were drinks flowing and there was great uh, eye candy and great music. It was really fun. So if you're in Vegas, get a chance, uh, go see the show. It's so much fun. And they had told us that Oprah was there two nights before. So, you know, apparently Oprah's seen this show. So if it's good enough for Oprah, it's good enough for the rest of us. But I promise you'll have a good time. You'll be thirsty. You'll be thirsty because these men, the abs and everything. Oh my God. <sighs> it was beautiful. Who doesn't like a man? Who doesn't like looking at a man? I find uh, that we need to see more of it. We need to see more hot guys, right? I mean, women have been objectified enough throughout the ages, so I think it's time. And we are. We're flipping the tables, and Channing Tatum is leading that that charge, and he's showing us these hot man candy abs. And God bless. Okay. And so while I was gone, I did miss a lot of Bravo. I miss Shaw's. I miss Real Housewives of Orange County, Real Housewives of Dallas. But guess what? Immediately, I watched them all. As soon as I got back, I caught up with all my Bravo shows, and I have a lot of thoughts. And we'll start with The Real Houses of Orange County, and immediately my mind just wants to start talking about Doug's balls. I mean, how can I not talk about Doug's balls? I mean, that's all these people are talking about on that show. And they still haven't showed us his balls. And I told you, what did I say last week? I said, we need to see them balls or stop talking about it. And once again, another week goes by that I'm hearing all about Doug's balls and his balls by Odd. Balls Viage party, his his snip gift and all that shit, and I still ain't seen no balls. Nothing. I didn't even get a shirtless shot of Doug this episode, okay? And I am not happy about it. Bravo. How dare you make us go through this whole entire storyline, and we're not even seeing Doug with his top off? I'm disgusted. We're sitting through scenes of Lydia on a boat. 
we're sitting through scenes of Peggy talking about David Bedore. Okay, we're we're sitting through scenes of Tamara at Cut Fitness, and we're not getting to see Doug with his top off. Come on, we need to shake this up. This Orange County is not working this season. It is not, and I'm I'm. This is a call to arms. We need to take some action. Okay, we need to get rid of these ladies, switch it up, and if you're gonna have ladies with hot husbands on there, and you're gonna talk about their balls, then I'm gonna need to see them topless and bottomless. I know you can show butt on Bravo now. Okay, we've seen it. So you better start doing it. Not with all of them, but Doug, yes. And the rest, the rest of the show, come on, I'm bored. The, the season is, there's not much to talk about because there's not much going on. It's like, I'm still so annoyed with Peggy. Tale as old as time. She doesn't know what the fuck people are talking about, which is, you know, frustrating. And now there's another cancer subplot, which we've had enough with cancer, okay? We don't, we don't need any more. I don't even want, they should have just edited all this Peggy cancer stuff out of these episodes because I think we've expressed that we're tired of cancer scams on these shows. We saw enough of it with Brooks, like we're exhausted, I'm exhausted. I don't want to question whether or not all these act people on my screen have cancer and what's going on in Orange County that they all are faking these illnesses and they're carrying medical records around. Like Vicky's got her flu records in her hands to show people that she got the flu, like what form of influenza. What are pe- why are people doing that? Is that just an Orange County thing? It's too much. And frankly, the producers should have edited it all out. I don't know why we're seeing it because we've all been vocal about it. They must just not have anything else, literally. I mean, I would have preferred a couple more scenes of Lydia and that uh, Mr. Magoo drag from a few weeks ago instead of all this cancer stuff and Doug's balls voyage party with no balls. I mean, come on. So, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm sick of Bravo. And, you know, a stronger man would quit watching, but I'm not. I'm not that. I'll never quit watching. No matter how much I hate this show, I will keep watching. Okay, so at this point, they're just taking advantage of that loyalty. Okay, where's, where's some more exciting ladies? Like, they have other ladies in, the, in Orange County that could be spicing this up. Put Gretchen Christine back on and let's see her pack her bags. Let's see her selling them that... Ah, I love that sound, don't you? And that's the sound you're going to hear when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell online, in person, on social media, and beyond. Uh, We use it here at Everything Iconic. Shopify is the best all-in-one commerce platform capable of handling all your business complexity, no matter how big you grow. I think it's fantastic. You're probably thinking, sure, but migrating is going to be a headache, but Shopify's app store has the migration apps you need to migrate all of your products, your orders, your customers, and more uh, from every major e-commerce platform all the way to Shopify. And I always hate when I'm shopping online and I have to re-enter all of my information. Well, Shopify store remembers your shipping address, your payment information. So if you're on the couch and your wallet's on the kitchen counter, you don't have to get up, which is nice. So sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash everything iconic, all lowercase. That's one month for just $1 at shopify.com slash everything iconic. Shopify, S-H-O-P-I-F-Y dot com slash everything iconic. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. 
And we all carry around different stressors, both big and small. Sometimes the small stressors are the worst for me because I cannot stop thinking about them when I'm trying to sleep or when I'm trying to go about my day. I keep those little things bottled up and it can start to affect me negatively. Now, therapy is a safe space to get those things off of my chest and figure out how to work through all that stuff. And if you've never benefited from therapy, I think it's time you explore. I think anyone can be helped by going to a professional therapist. It's so incredibly helpful to get those coping skills skills and uh, deal with those stressors. So uh, if you're thinking of starting therapy, you can give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be super convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. All you got to do is fill out this quick, brief questionnaire and you get matched with a licensed therapist and you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge, which I think is so important. uh, So that way you find someone that you work well with. Now, get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Everything Iconic today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Everything Iconic. Gretchen Christine Butte, huh? Where's Alexis at her trampoline park, huh? Why aren't we seeing that? I would like to see that. I want to see Alexis jumping on a trampoline and saying some nonsense. What's going on with Lynn Curtin's cuff line? Uh, And those daughters. Show us that. I mean, come on. Get rid of these people that are boring. And we're bringing on new people like Peggy, but we're not going back to these old ones. So let's, let's stop it. Bravo now. Please. So I'm done talking about Orange County. Until next week when I talk about Orange County again. Real Housewives of Dallas continues to dazzle. Uh, We're in Mexico again this week, and they are bringing it. There was a lot of prop comedy with uh, Black Dildo, which was fantastic to watch. Uh, One of the housewives, Brandy, brought a Black Dildo on their ladies' trip to Mexico, and she waved that Black Dildo into the faces of the other wives, and it it was magical. It was fun, and it caused drama, and I loved it. Brandy is a prop comedian. And I just kept thinking about Carrot Top. You know, Carrot Top is a famous prop comedian. And Brandy is very much the heir apparent of Carrot Top. I mean, she looks very much like him. And remember last week I said, I'm very confused about her eyebrows. You know, like they're independent from the rest of her face sometimes and they look different always. Well, I was looking at her eyes again and she has beautiful eyes. But she looks very much like Carrot Top. And I, I know that sounds like I'm being mean, and I'm not trying to be because she's a very beautiful woman. But if you look at a side-by-side of her and Carrot Top, there's not a whole lot of difference. And, you know, Carrot Top's pretty, too. He's, gotten, he's had a lot of surgery, so his face is prettier than it used to be, I think. So it sort of blurs the line between masculine and feminine. And I don't know, I'm, I'm saying... They might be separated at birth. I don't know. Maybe they're brother and sister. Maybe they're distant cousins. Either way, I think they're related. And it's important to look at a side-by-side of them. And they probably, learned, they probably learn prop comedy together at a certain point in their upbringing. You know, I bet they were raised together. And their parents sent them off to some prop comedy school. And then maybe Carrot Top went his one way and Brandy went his, her other way. And they were separated after their prop comedy school. I mean, that's what, what I imagine happened. Right? I mean, what else could what else could explain this? I mean, you don't just have two redheads that look alike that both do prop comedy on TV. I mean, this is like a parent trap situation. I feel like one episode in the future, they're both going to come with a picture of the other one's parent. And it's going to be like, do you remember in the parent trap when the picture that was torn in half and then the two versions of Lindsay Lohan came together and the picture fit together? I feel like that's going to happen in a future episode. 
Carrot Top and Brandy Redman from the Real Housewives of Dallas are going to come together and put that those two pieces of the picture together, and they're going to realize that they're related, and then we're going to get a, a full fucking season of prop comedy, and I, for one, cannot wait. So, you know, I'm excited for that. What else is going on? Cameron's kind of bugging me, but in an interesting way. I'm still interested in her. She's not too annoying yet, but I feel like we're on the edge, right? Like, we're, we're getting there. I'm still loving Deandra. Gotta love Deandra. Leanne is, of course, fabulous. You know, she's, she's doing her best. She's bleeding and still making it to dinner. Which, another, a lesser housewife, let me tell you a story. A lesser housewife would have taken one of those post-surgery painkillers before that group dinner to make them more interesting. But Leanne didn't need to do that. If you notice, when she was headed to that dinner... She said to Deandra, she said, oh, I just can't wait to finish the dinner, go back to my room, and have one of my painkillers. She said that. And the fact that she didn't have that painkiller before a dinner with all of these contentious women was amazing because Leanne is confident enough to know that she makes good TV without those painkillers. Because I bet you, one of those other housewives, I'm not going to name names, but one of the Beverly Hills housewives or some of the other ones who are a little bit more boring or a little bit more insecure about their airtime, would have popped in one of those Percocets before they sat down at a Rainforest Cafe to talk shit about the other women, with the other women. But not Leanne, because Leanne's one of our Hall of Famers. She's one of our good, she's one of our good ones, okay? And I want to salute her for that, for not taking that Percocet. Bravo. So that's Housewives. I know New Jersey Housewives is premiering this week. I haven't watched it yet, but I have an exciting Jersey guest hopefully coming on the next episode I'm very excited about. And there's something else I want to talk about, and it's not Housewife related, but it's very important. And it's a saga that's playing out in the news right now regarding Sex in the City 3. Now, I discussed this a little bit on my Instagram stories, but I don't feel like I've really gotten to the bottom of it. I don't feel like I've gotten my feelings out quite enough. I am hurt. I am distraught, I'm confused, I'm still a little hopeful, but apparently, last week, Sarah Jessica Parker was being interviewed by Extra, and she said that the Sex in the City movie, part three, was not going to happen. She said there was a script, and it is not going to happen. The next day, the Daily Mail claimed that the movie was not going forward because Kim Cattrall had too many demands. One of the demands, it was reported that she wanted some of her other projects to be produced by the studio if she signed on to this third Sex and the City movie. Kim Cattrall later refuted those reports with a tweet that included a poop emoji. Yeah, Kim Cattrall literally used the poop emoji to refute these reports. And then some of the other cast members got involved. Stanford alluded to the fact on his Twitter that the actor that plays Stanford, uh, Willie, I forgot his last name, but Willie, he alluded to the fact that Kim Cattrall was asking for things that were inappropriate and that she was the reason that this movie didn't go. And then Kristen Davis, who plays Charlotte, she put up something on Instagram saying the script was great, but the movie was not going to go. Then all the drama continued. Kim Cattrall began retweeting. She never stopped retweeting. In fact, she's still retweeting. As of this podcast, she has most recently tweeted a Perez Hilton tweet that said, and I quote, 
I'm gonna I'm gonna pull this up here. So Perez Hilton, the blogger, wrote on Twitter, retweet if you think Sex in the City should make a third movie and just just kill Kim Cattrall's character. Kim Cattrall retweeted this, saying that she agrees, essentially, with killing her character and going forward with the third movie. Now, this has shaken me to my core. I'm 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 distraught over this because on the one hand, do I want a Sex in the City 3? Yes. I want one so bad that I would do most anything. But do I want it without a Samantha? I don't know. Now, as a storyteller, I think there are places they could go that would be interesting to see these three women who are grieving from the death of their friend. I mean, that would be interesting. And it wouldn't go against their storytelling past because, you know, Samantha did have cancer and it could be a very uh, compelling, interesting story surviving after their their dear friend Samantha has passed. But Samantha brought us so much joy. I don't know that we would have that joy without her in the movie. And I, do, I don't know that bringing on another character would work either. I mean, could could they bring in Jennifer Hudson's character from the first movie and have her be part of the core four? They could. Do I want to see that? No. I want Samantha there. I want Samantha Jones PR to be making sexual advances toward people that are younger than her and her age and older than her. And I want her talking about sex and growing older. And I want to see Samantha, you guys. I can't believe that Kim Cattrall would do this to us. Because if you've been following her career, she hasn't been doing much. Okay, she's been working a lot, but but she's not been making a big impact with any of her projects. I tried watching that show Sensitive Skin, which was a show that she did in another country, and it's on Netflix here in the U.S., and it's tough to watch. It made it two seasons, and it's it's neither funny enough or dramatic enough to make it worth watching. I think, how could she do that but not want to do a Sex in the City 3? She was doing something where she was playing in a circus with some kids. I don't know if you guys saw this, but I can't really explain it because it's unexplainable. It was some project where she was playing someone in a circus amongst kids and other circus acts. And I think she's doing that, but she won't do a Sex in the City 3. She was interviewed for Piers Morgan last, last week. So she's willing to be interviewed by Piers Morgan, but she's not willing to film Sex in the City 3. What is going on? I mean, what, where is the sense in that? And throughout all this time, she has claimed that she has never wanted to do a part three. And I don't buy this because I myself have tweeted her in the past about doing another Sex in the City. And she has said to me, that would be fun. Now I have the receipts. On November 12th, 2016, Wendy Williams talked about a Sex in the City spinoff with Kim Cattrall on her show during the Hot Topics segment. Wendy Williams tweeted out that day, Hot Topics, a Sex in the City spinoff with Kim Cattrall? Yes, please. Kim Cattrall retweeted that Wendy Williams tweet. And she added, I'm so unbelievably flattered and moved, Wendy Williams. Can't wait to get back to the serious business of making you all laugh. Fingers crossed. I responded to this. And I said, please make this happen. We need Samantha now more than ever. Kim responded. But guess what? That response has since been deleted. So what's the truth? What's the truth, Kim Cattrall? Do you want this character to go on? You're saying now that 
you've never wanted a third movie to happen and, and that you don't want to play this character anymore. But back in November of last year, you said, fingers crossed. What's the truth? Now, I know you responded to that tweet of mine because I responded back, and I said women of all ages should be represented on television. Now, where are those tweets? Why were they deleted? I know that I have the screenshots of them somewhere because I save every screenshot whenever you tweet me back, Kim Cattrall. Okay, I'm making, you know, I'm, I'm keeping those for my scrapbook to show my kids one day. So I know I have them. And if you want, I'll go find those receipts. But in the meantime, I want to know why, back in November of 2016, you told Wendy Williams, the journalists of our time, okay, that's where you go to break stories, you told her that you can't wait to get back to the serious business of making us all laugh. Fingers crossed. Were your fingers crossed because you were lying? Because that's all I can gather from this. Now, if you don't want to do this, that's your right. But you teased us. You teased us back in November with the hope and the excitement of coming back to your role of Samantha Jones. So we all got excited. That was a tough time for all of us, okay? That was right after the election. You just got us all excited. You lifted our spirits and made us think that maybe we'll see Samantha Jones again on our big screen or small screen. Size doesn't matter. Contrary to that episode where you dated a man with too small of a penis and said size did matter, in this case, size doesn't matter. I'll see Samantha Jones on the big screen or the small screen as long as she's on a screen, okay? But I don't know what to believe. Frankly, it sounds like you were the problem here. Where there's smoke, there's fire. Kristen Davis basically confirmed that that Daily Mail article was true. Stanford said that it was. And then you go on Piers Morgan and you say, I never wanted to do it. Well... Uh, that's not what me and Wendy Williams think. So I'm pissed. I feel lied to. I feel betrayed. And I still want these girls in my life because I love them. They bring me happiness. And everyone says Sex in the City 2 was so bad. But you know what? Every time it is on the goddamn E! channel, we all stop and we watch it through completion. I own it on DVD. Am I proud of that? No, but it's something. You know what? I am proud of it. Scratch that. I am proud of it. I love those movies. The first movie is good, okay? The first movie is great, even. And the second movie has some fun parts. There's that scene on the um, plane between Miranda and Charlotte where they're talking about struggling with motherhood, and it's so real and beautiful. And sure, where there's some uh, points in that movie where they were being racist? Yes. Yes, they were. That movie's very racist, Sex and the City Part 2. But you know what? God damn it if we all didn't smile when Liza Minnelli was singing fucking single ladies at that big old gay wedding at the beginning of that movie. Or when Miranda said, Yabba Dabba Doo, you know, when she made that Scooby-Doo reference when they, you know, went to, got to the Middle East. Who didn't smile? Or when they did karaoke and said, sang I Am Woman in front of all those people. Who didn't stand up in their seats and start singing along with them? I Am Woman. You know what? Kim Cattrall, I want you to be a woman, and I want you to stand up in your convictions and let us know the truth. Did you want to make this movie, and you didn't get the demands that you wanted? Or did you never want to make this movie? And if so, why did you tweet Wendy Williams in November of 2016 that you did? I want answers. So, this drama's still unfolding, and, you know, hopefully we'll check back in. Because we all need this movie to happen. 
And I, I, I'm fear that it never will know. So I'm going to keep everyone posted. I have a Google alert for Kim Cattrall set. So as soon as these things are happening, I'm getting the information. I'm doing my part. Now it's time for the rest of you to do yours and to tweet the movie studio, to treat, tweet Sarah Jessica Parker, to write your congressmen, your senators. We need everyone on this, and we need to make sure this happens because we need to see women over 50 on the big screen. And this is one of our only shots to do that. There's not franchises starring or about women over 50. This is a franchise that isn't a superhero franchise. Don't you all get that? So the second movie wasn't great, but there's a chance to right our wrongs here and to see women of a certain age starring in a big budget movie. And this is one of the only opportunities we're going to have to do this, okay? Because they're not making other movies about women over 50. Okay, I got news for you. Uh, sure, would I like to see more movies about them? Yes. But we, we have a, f a very few, uh, select few movies that are going to be offering us this. You know, which reminds me, if you've never seen the best exotic Marigold Hotels movies, please go see them now. They're so good. But those are low-budget indies. And this would have been a big-budget, multi-million-dollar picture. And I need to see it happen. So anyway, write who you can. That's all I have for this podcast. I am sorry that I got a little dramatic in the beginning, but I, I needed to let it all out. <laughs> and I'm sorry I got dramatic at the end with all the Kim Cattrall stuff, but you know what? I needed to let it out. If you like this podcast, please go write it on iTunes and review it if you can. I know I keep begging you guys to do that, but it's, it's super helpful in uh, getting this podcast out there. So it takes a couple minutes. Do it on your desktop. Give me a quick review if you like it. And tweet me or, or Instagram me and let me know that you like it. And please smile at each other. Laugh a little bit today. Put on some Mariah Carey oldies. But, you know, in Vegas, my friend and I, the next day, we were in the hotel room and we were feeling so down because we were still so scared and, and confused and all that stuff. And we didn't know what to do. We didn't know if we should have a drink. We didn't know if we should go pay our respects somewhere. And in the emotion of it all, we put on Mariah Carey's Christmas album. We danced in a hotel room, and it was, talk about therapy, it was the best therapy. So if you get a chance, put on All I Want for Christmas is You, and just forget about your troubles for five minutes, and smile and laugh, and dance it out with a friend. Have a good time, because we all need to have a good time, because stuff is dark right now. So make yourself laugh, force yourself to laugh, and the forced laughter will cause a little ripple effect, and you'll be laughing at yourself for forcing yourself to laugh, and you'll have a good old fucking time. So I love you all. Thank you all for listening. Talk to you soon. Bye. Love you. I love decorating the house and getting furniture, but sometimes it could be overwhelming to design a space. And so luckily, I'm here to tell you about a company called Cozy. Now, Cozy is fantastic, a North American company that thoughtfully designs furniture made for modern living. Now, Cozy strives to provide the best furniture shopping experience with elegant, super high quality products, plus fast delivery and easy assembly, which is really important to me because I do not like putting together furniture. So the easier, the better for me. Now, Cozy offers beautiful, customizable sofas and sectionals that are made to adapt in time. This means customers can add seats to the sofas over time. Maybe if you're extending your family, you might want more space on the couch. Cozy also offers a great range of coffee tables, washable rugs, wall shelving, credenzas, TV stands, and accessories. So much. It's thoughtfully designed furniture made for modern 
living. There's an outdoor sofa and tables collection that is fantastic. It's called the Mistral. So you can choose the perfect sofa configuration for your outdoor setup. Uh, Cozy also opened its first retail space on Queen Street in Toronto to push the experience to the next level and allow customers to engage physically with the products. So transform your living space today with Cozy. Visit Cozy.com, spelled C-O-Z-E-Y, to start customizing your furniture today. Again, that's Cozy, C-O-Z-E-Y.com.